You're listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE or at midkansasonline.com. This is your chance to hear from the McPherson College coaches and student athletes each week during the sports year. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Welcome into our McPherson College Coaches Show as this is our fifth show of the fall so far. I am Jim Joyner and this guy to my left is Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, a very exciting week for the Bulldogs last week. Of course, it was sparked by that football win, but everything seems to have been going well and it was an exciting show today. We've already recorded it. And to let the cat out of the bag, but a very excited show, a very exciting show, and people are very pumped to be a part of Bulldog Nation right now. Yeah, they really are. Uh, even you know the events, uh, they're not winning; uh, they're right there. A lot of uh, like in soccer, a lot of matches went down to the wire. Volleyball had a down to the wire match, but again, football was the uh, really exciting event of the week. Uh, great crowd at McPherson College uh, last Saturday. Coach Fiscus got his first win. As the Bulldog head coach, uh, they unleashed an unbelievable running game. The defense was just magnificent the whole game. Uh, and like Coach Fisk will say, it was a, just a total team win. Every facet of the game excelled. We have a loaded coaches show for you here tonight, as not only do we have Coach Fiscus, we have Coach Kendrick Clay on the cross-country side. We've got some assistant coaches tonight too, Steve. That right. I think it's exciting to learn a little bit about what they do because they're the coaches that have to work all the exact same hours but don't get all the same credit sometimes. That's right, and uh, it's nice to meet some of these coaches. We, you know, A couple of them we didn't know ahead of time, uh, met them. Nice to get Rafa, uh, the tennis coach, on. Coach Rafa. Coach Rafa. Uh, I think he could give other the, Rafa a run the, for his money. Yeah, the tennis program right now at McPherson College has never been better. Uh, it, the last six or seven years, the Bulldogs have just been fantastic. And Rafa, a former Bulldog, one of the best players in school history, has returned to coach the team. And he's, and he's really done a great job recruiting Brian, a lot of new players uh, to bolster the numbers. They have great competition in practice. And so far they have been dominating uh, here in the uh, fall season. Well, let's get into our first interview with McPherson College football coach Jeremiah Fiscus. Joining us on our McPherson College Coaches Show now is Bulldog football coach Jeremiah Fiscus following the team's first win of the season on Saturday night, a 23-15 win over the Tabor Blue Jays. And, Coach, it felt like there was a lot of excitement after that game for your team, especially after Joey Hale, who we'll have on later on in the show, forced the game-winning fumble. You guys recover, and sort of the celebration began. And I think the word that you used with us was saying that this was an affirming moment. You were affirming what you guys already believed in that you knew that you could go get these wins. And I know it felt good to finally get win number one on Saturday. Yeah, well, it was just validation for the kids and the effort they put in. And, you know, um, we don't make things easy on them by any means. And, and, you know, the more wins you can get and the more positive things you can get out of that, the more they believe in, in the way that you do things. So it, it just... You know, it's affirmation and it's validation to the everyday approach we take. And after the game, the first thing you said to us was total team effort. When you look at that game, every facet of the game was really solid. Uh, the offense did its job. The defense was fabulous all night. The offense was very steady in the second half. You were able to protect that lead with the running game. Uh, you got a field goal out of your special teams, but uh, and you, re you did a good job on kick coverage. Uh, that's about as complete a game as uh, you can have. Yeah, we did a good job, and it wasn't just the guys on the field. The guys on the sideline did a good job of staying involved, and 
and you know uh, I mean it was some guys show up in the stats category and some guys don't and uh, you know it's just it was an all-around everybody everybody's effort everybody kind of poured themselves into the team and one thing we talked about during the broadcast even you know at the start of the game you got to get your running backs more involved in the game because your running game uh, primarily been Ed you know, on, on his packages and scrambles and things like that. Uh, you've been saying all along, we got guys that can make plays in the backfield. Lamicio Hill really stepped up. Corey Davis, Quashad Washington, you ended up with over 300 yards rushing and really controlled the line of scrimmage. Your offensive line uh, really picked it up. Once they, uh, once they started breaking off some big runs, the offensive line, you could just see their confidence grow and your running back's confidence grow. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's – it's all part of finding out what your strengths and weaknesses are because our strengths right now are not the same strengths that we had in the spring. Um, you know, and, and it's just kind of taking a little bit to figure out exactly what those guys can do and, and you know, what their identity can be. And, um, you know, those backs are all different. They're, you know, Lamisho's a, a big, strong kid, and he can take it downhill pretty good. Corey's pretty versatile, and, and Quashad's about as explosive as you can be. I mean, he's – I don't – you know, the other night, he, you know, we got to get him in the rotation more. He had three touches and, and had 36 yards, averaged 12 yards a carry. And he know. was double digits on all three carries. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, you know, that dude can go. And then, of course, you know, Eddie, Eddie had over 100 yards rushing. So, I mean, you know, we just got to every week build on, on what their strengths and what that identity needs to be, um, you know. That's what really what we're going to do. Have you come up with a name for the the Lamicio Hill Wildcat package? Because the <laughs> name I came up with was the Wild Mish. What do <laughs> yeah. you think? Is that going to work? Uh, we call it a little something different. But, <laughs> you know, I know this when, I mean, you know, it's not that it's unstoppable. When you see that big joker behind, you know, behind the center and that's all it is, we're, we're going to come downhill at you. And, uh, you know, Lamicio is interesting. He was, a, he was actually a triple option quarterback in high school. So wow. he uh, – you know, he has really, really good ball skills. He can handle the football. Um, and like I said, he was, you know, when Misha was a guy that, you know, he was he was a quarterback in high school. That was obviously before he was 240 pounds. But um, he's a big, strong dude. He's explosive. One thing uh, you talked about after the game, you're going to enjoy this one. But, hey, you got to look ahead now. Next game up, Friends-Falcons on Saturday down in Wichita. Um they're a team that uh, doesn't seem to put a lot of points on the board, but they seem to play a lot of close games. Well, they're really good on defense. Um, they, they do a good job on defense. They're not real flashy, but they're really, really, uh, you know, they line up and execute their scheme well, and they know what their answers are to what you're going to do. So um, they have, you know, they've, they're one of the better teams in terms of, you know, rushing defense in the league. Um, you know, so they do a good job. They know what they're doing. They, You know, they're they're – their defensive staff's doing a good job. Now that we're three or four games in for every team in KCAC play, how have you evaluated the league and, and been able to scout some of the other teams? I know you still have a ton of KCAC games left on this schedule, but how have you evaluated the conference so far this year? No, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a little different than a lot of conferences just because thus far from what I've seen, I mean, there's a couple of those teams that are really at the top of all of it and, you know, everybody else, there's a lot of parity. I mean, there's, you know, there's three or four teams at the very top and then the other six, you know, the other six, seven teams, you know, it's not like there's that one team that's like, ah, you, you know, you can circle that one. Um, you kind of got to show up to play every week. 
Well, that's the exciting thing going forward as you guys will take on friends this week and then come home for two games, one against Southwestern, one against Ottawa, and homecoming, I believe, is the Southwestern game. Am I right, Jeremy? Oh, yeah, he says yes. So there's a lot of fun games coming up in the month of October. Then you have a great month of November, too, with Kansas Wesleyan on the schedule. You have Bethany there. I believe that Avila is the last game in, in November. Correct. So have you guys started looking ahead, or do you not really do that? Is it mainly just focusing on each week individually yeah, we, i mean you know we we uh we in terms of how we do things we do things the same way we ask the kids to do things like i worry about getting them better today on tuesday just like i ask them to focus on tuesday i mean you know we don't uh you can't look ahead you gotta you gotta solve every day's problems and and with the install and whatever looks you're trying to see so you you know you take note of a few things in film study um you know, you take note of a few things in film study, but but really, it's if you take note of something, it's it's helping the other side. You know, because we're seeing different offenses like this week against friends. We're seeing four different offenses. You know, so if you see something that's a problematic or special, you you write that down and and uh, you know when you get to that week, share it with the defensive staff. But you really got to worry about solving the issues day to day. Even when you were at a place like TCU or Henderson State. Is that a similar approach that even some of those schools have? Because you, when you're at a place like TCU, you start thinking, uh-oh, what, what's Texas going to do in three weeks? Uh-oh, how are we going to stop Jalen Hurts? How, how are we going to do this? So it's still, even at every single level you've been at, still very similar to that? Well, it's a little bit different there because at, you know, like at Henderson State, the exact same deal is here. Um, at TCU, you know, as a graduate assistant, your job is to be ahead. So, you know when the coordinator would come in on Sunday, you would need to be able to give him, you know, information that he needs to really look at as he started studying the next opponent. And that's kind of, you know, my job there was, you know, other than handling everything else on the day-to-day side, your job was to be a week ahead. And like there, we would break down 12 games on every opponent. So um, you would have a rather large sample <laughs> size. And some days, <laughs> You know, if you were playing somebody that was a little more basic, you know, you, you play, you know, at that time, you know, if you played New Mexico or, or Colorado State, who were, they were both down a little bit at the time, it was a 10-minute conversation with the coordinator. And when you played Boise State or BYU, you you might have an hour conversation saying, all right, here's, you know. But, yeah, in terms of, of what we get done here, it's, it's the same as, as everywhere else. You just take it day by day and, you know and just try to solve the problems from yesterday's practice and put the new things in for today. Well, maybe we can get you five or six more GAs and they can start preparing for November and we can have everybody <laughs> very excited here. Yeah, well, it's, you know, uh, it's, you know it's, it's a good thing. It's, you know, I've been lucky because I've been a part of a lot of different levels. It's like our GAs here, um, they are fortunate in terms of, yeah, there's GA work to do, but they coach positions and they have a recruiting area. So you get a lot of that experience and really, you know, that gets them ready to go, you know, be a position coach or go be a Division One GA, um, just because they have some of those that you get a little more responsibility at a smaller place. Now, obviously, at the at the bigger place, it's got its you know benefits as well. Um, you know, we my GAs don't quite get as much Nike gear as I got at no. TCU, <laughs> but you know, they. I mean, in terms of you know, and I've I've got fortunate enough to you know be the GA at the FCS school and be the GA. And then, you know, you're kind of a – Coach Patterson kind of hit the nail on the head. Once you've been a GA, you're always a GA if you're – you know, I mean, he's – you know, he's a guy that – I mean, he would be 
he'd be up in the office late on Wednesday night and he'd make his own copies, you know what I mean? You, you know, just stuff like that. I mean, um, but our, our young guys are, you know, they're blessed in terms of they have a lot of work to do, but they do get a lot of experience. Well, Coach Fiscus, best of luck on Saturday as you guys go on the road to take on friends. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Coach. Joining us on our coaches show now is Bulldog football player Joey Hale, a senior from Hutch, and Joey had a terrific game on Saturday night in the Bulldogs' first win over the Tabor Blue Jays. Not only does he have 22 tackles on the year, he has sacks recorded, he has TFLs, he has interceptions, he has forced fumbles. Joey, how exciting was Saturday night for you and the guys to pull off win number one of the year and especially defensively beat a pretty good Tabor team? It was a lot of fun. Um... You know, we put in a really good week of preparation the past week, and, uh, you know, my coaches put me in good positions, and the rest of the guys in good positions, and the rest of the guys did their parts and, you know, made me, uh, made, uh, you know, made me more available to make plays, and, you know, it was a, it was a good team win. You guys have been so close through three weeks, but uh, you never lost, you know, faith in what you were doing, and, and Coach uh, Fiska says you got to trust the process. Obviously, um, you guys, after 0-3, a lot of guys could have gone south a little bit, but uh, the attitude of this team has been great all year long. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, an, uh, that's a testament to Coach Fiscus and the coaching staff. Um, every week when we come into weights on Sunday, uh, Coach and I, our defensive coordinator, uh, asks us defensive players, you guys ready to get after it? And the answer is always, hell yeah, let's get after <laughs> it. You know, we're all ready to get going, and uh, that's just that's, that's an, a testament to uh, the coaching staff, you know, having us prepared every week and ready to go to war. Tabor had several good chances uh, to score in the first half, and uh, you kept turning them away. Did you just feel like you were gaining more and more confidence as the game went along? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's how I felt all season playing in this defense. You know, it's just – it's a next play mentality. You know, you give up a big play here and there, but, you know, you just move on to the next play and, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep grinding away. Well, Joey, one thing that came to my mind at the very end of that game, of course, after the interception and then the forced fumble to kind of seal it, the first thing I thought was, man, I'm glad Joey Hale decided to come back and play this year because you didn't have to. You had, you had one year of eligibility left, and you could have decided, I'm going to go work in the world and not play football and go hang out. But how glad are you after a win like that that you decided to come back? Oh, extremely glad. I know that guy over there is pretty glad that you're back. Oh, yes, I'm extremely happy to be back. I'm uh, grateful that I got to uh – you know, talk to Coach Fiscus when he first got uh, hired on here because um, he made the decision so much easier to come back. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm really enjoying it. Talk about the play uh, you picked the pass off. Uh, you were pointing at your defenders. It looked like you wanted to take it to the house. You turned into a, a fullback. Were you ever a running back in your days in high school? Uh, not in high school, but at uh, Hutch Juco, I actually played fullback and tight end. So, you know, it's kind of well, You were pointing down natural. the field for your blockers to, hey, I want to take this to the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, hoping uh, hoping somebody could maybe cut off the quarterback there. But, you know, I got caught from behind. So, Well, what are some of the things, Joey, that you guys have talked about going forward in the next couple of weeks at keeping this momentum going, especially on the defensive side? You guys have been really, really good through four weeks. What are some things you've talked about and, and are working on to continue to keep this positive momentum going? Um, mainly just like I said, the next play mentality, you know, taking that into every day. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter what you did last week. It's just uh, you got to continue to grow as a team and as a player um, and carry that over into the next week. And, you know, that's kind of what we've been doing the past few weeks. And uh, we're, we're going to continue to do that. A positive for you guys is I noticed 
uh, throughout the game on Saturday, uh, you've got a really nice rotation going in your D line. Three guys in, three guys out. How much of a help is that for you that you don't – I know you like to be on the field every play, but you do get a break there and it makes you maybe a little stronger uh, toward the end of the game. Oh, it's a big – it's a big help, a big help. Um, you know, having guys that can uh, come in and, you know, there's no drop-off. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's nice knowing that, you know, I can go in for three, four plays here and there and then get three or four plays off and let those guys go to work. You know, it keeps us fresh while their offensive line is getting tired, so – it's a, it's a big uh, benefit for us. Joey, what's your major, and where do you want to be here in a year from now whenever you're done with school? Uh, I'm a business management major, and um, I'm going to go in, uh, get into grad school and uh, hopefully get my master's in coaching and, uh, you know, hopefully coach some college football somewhere. Well, I know a coach that would probably hire you on as a GA. <laughs> I bet he has some connections as well as Coach Fiscus is standing over there in the background. But, Joey, congrats on the great win on, against Tabor last Saturday night, and good luck against friends this week. Thank you. I appreciate it. We continue on our Bulldog Coaches show as we're now joined by Lamicio Hill, who had the biggest game on the ground for the Bulldogs in the win against Tabor on Saturday night, a 23-15 win. They were throwing you out there, and you're backpedaling into the end zone for touchdowns. You had another one late in the game that helped kind of make that one a little easier to win. Of course, it didn't seal the deal completely, but I'm sure it felt good for you to be able to finally have that big breakout game that you've been waiting for since you've been here. Yeah, it really felt good. The offensive line put me in a good position, and the coaches put me in a good position to have a good game. So I was just really blessed to be able to go out there and contribute for the team and actually get us a win. So. You've been patiently kind of biding your time, and you and I always talk because mm -hmm. uh, you're one of the more outgoing guys on the team, and you always come over and fist pump us and always have a smile on your face. Uh, how difficult was it? Uh, you know, you wanted a heavy workload early on. You didn't get a heavy workload, but now that you have, uh, this is an advantage. You can take it and run with it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I was very patient. I was just waiting for my time. I already knew my time was going to come. It was just right time, right moment, right opportunity, and I just had to capitalize on it. I'm just happy that I did have that breakout game, and now the coaches get to see what I can do and what I can offer the team, and hopefully I keep the ball rolling. You know? And, you know, you and I were standing on the at, at practice one day, and you said, I can get 100 yards in this conference. against." You watched these teams. You said, I can get 100 yards against these teams, and you sure did, 127, two touchdowns. Talk about that first touchdown where you kind of pinballed around and you end up running – uh, backwards into the end zone and kind of looking like you were just kind of watching the defense come after you. Yeah, uh, when I broke through the secondary, I saw the safety, so I, like, speed cut it to the right, and then the corner hit me, and when he hit me, he turned me around, but I thought the safety was going to be there, and when he wasn't there, I was just like, oh, wow, he's not here. Mm -hmm. But I was scared to turn around and trip. So I just backfilled it. <laughs> well, Lamisha, tell us a little bit about your background and your journey getting here to McPherson. I know you're from California and made the JUCO route for a couple a year or two. I don't I don't know how long you were at, at Bakersfield, but mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about your journey to get here to McPherson. Um, out of high school, I was highly recruited, and I ended up not having the grades to go anywhere. So I ended up going JUCO. Went to Bakersfield College, had another like great season. And was kind of highly recruited out of Baco. Then my last semester there, like, failed all my classes. So, like, one of my coaches, his name is um, Coach Paul, and he just, like, opened up this door opportunity and said, like, oh, do you want to go to McPherson College? There's some background on it. And I was just like, wow, this might be a place for me. So I, like, went to summer school, like, did two classes, passed them just to come here. 
It was just like everything, everything just worked out. So I'm happy to be here. Blessed that I had this opportunity to come here. What are some of the differences that you have seen from year one here to year two and, and being a part of this team you know, early on in this year? I would say, like, the attention to detail and, like, focus during, like, practices and just meetings and everything. When I first came here, it was like, okay, like, this is, like, a low-key joke. But then, like, since Coach Fisk has taken over, it's just, like, way more attention to detail, way more grinding, way more, like, Everything is like people found love for the game again because how he's coaching, how he's like instructing us to do it and just the way he's taking us. So it's like I, I'm, I love it. You have a stable of running backs here at McPherson College. You guys can kind of push each other. You know, you got Corey, you got Quishad, um, you, uh, Likes. Um, you guys push each other probably in practice and you realize when you get on the field, you got to make the most of your opportunity or don't mm-hmm. look at another guy. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is that, like, we don't look at it like that because we're we like a tight-knit group. Me and Corey bounce off of each other. we sad to lose likes, but he, he was there right with us. And then we got Q, who's always inspiring. As soon as we come off the field, everybody's like, oh, what did you see? How the, how the defense is hitting? Like, okay, next man up, you win the linebacker crossover, make sure you hit this cutback. It's, just like, it's not like a real, like, oh, when I get in, dang, I'm scared of Corey taking my spot. It's like, okay, when Corey get in, I want Corey to go for 80. Yeah. So it's not like no like pressure. And then you got the magic man coordinated all at quarterback. Uh, have you seen many athletes like him? Did you ever see when, at Bakersfield? Did you see quarterbacks that had his kind of run passability? It was only one quarterback that had his run passability, but he was nowhere near the athlete and as fast as Ed is. Yeah, Ed, Ed can make a lot of plays happen, but obviously that first win for you guys uh, moving forward. Let's face it, you've gotten a couple of the really tough teams off the schedule. Now you're going to start playing teams that you uh, really match up well with mm-hmm. and maybe better than some of them. How forward are you looking uh, – how much are you looking forward to these next few games? I'm looking forward to the next few games just to see how we can put it together. Like early on we were still like trying to find our true identity and then now it's like starting to roll. Everybody's starting to calm down. Everybody's starting to just like find a knit in the team. So now I'm really, I'm really excited to see what we do. What's your plan for uh, after football? Uh, what would you like to do in, in your uh, professional career? Um, after football, I'd probably would like to be like a psychologist or a coach somewhere, depending okay. on wherever God takes me, that's where I'm going to go. Okay. Well, Lamicio, I know it was a very exciting win on Saturday night. You could see all the guys down on the field, and yeah. it felt like it really was a team win and that everybody was out there for each other. Yeah, it was. Everybody was just – everybody was happy to get that first win. No matter, like, if you played or if you didn't play, the sideline was hype. The coaches was hype. And it was just, like, a great overall team real to just, just build our morale. Well, hopefully we can keep it going for a couple more with friends coming up this Saturday. Lamicio, thank you, sir. Thank you. We continue on our McPherson College Coaches Show tonight as we will talk about the Bulldog volleyball team with assistant coach Jimmy Hayashi. I think Coach Cahill must be sick or must be doing something else really important. That's why he sent down the assistant coach. We've got a couple of assistants tonight, but Coach Hayashi, we're glad to have you on today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Well, as we look back on the Bulldogs last week, a really tough loss for this team as you guys were at home and taking on Tabor and jumped up 2-0 and I think won 25-12, 25-13, and then lost the final three sets to lose that match. Kind of a deflating loss after especially getting off to a great start, and you guys were looking for a, a bounce-back win as well last week. Most definitely, yeah. Uh, you know what? Tabor came back in that third set and just uh, changed her offense a little bit, a little bit of their defense, and uh, – pushed back real hard so it was a little bit of struggle to get some momentum back to uh, overcome a set in the next three. 
Well, tell me a little bit about your journey here to McPherson. I know that Coach Cahill's in, in his first season. Were you with him at his previous stops, or how did you guys get connected? We actually met back in Southern California. Uh, we coached at the same club together for a little bit, and uh, we just kept in contact over the years as I was uh, pursuing my education as well. Uh, and then out of the blue, over in April, he's, uh, hey, you want to coach with me this uh, next coming season? Well, describe what an assistant coach at the collegiate level in volleyball, what are the duties and, and uh, uh, are, is there any recruiting involved? Do you do recruiting? But what are overall, just give us a grand scheme of things. Uh, well, I'll help out with the practice planning with him. We uh, talk about that every day, what we can do better. Uh, behind the scenes, you know, there's a lot of laundry. You know, we got a jersey we got to wash up. Uh, Those girls, when they wear the white jerseys, the makeup, isn't that right? Oh, it's uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot to take care of with that. And not to mention the knee pads, but we let them take care of that themselves. So I can uh, bring up a big odor. But what about you do, like, are you, uh, do you do film breakdown of the upcoming opponent? Do you do recruiting? Uh, describe some of those duties. Definitely. Uh, we like to uh, watch the matches of uh, teams that we're about to play, kind of get a breakdown of their offense, what, you know, little things we can uh, learn about them, then you just use against them that way, and then uh, how can we better our defense to defend against them as well. Um, as for recruiting, uh, we definitely look, uh, we're looking out. Uh, Coach Co uh, Cahill definitely likes to do a lot of recruiting. You know, he likes to, he has a good eye for what girls would be definitely benefit our program and help us out to uh, better it. So, uh, but I do assist him in that. You know, I look out for little girls I can. This is my first year actually recruiting, so it's uh, it's a learning process for me in all matters of uh, being a coach at a college level. Well, I know with Coach Cahill having his background kind of in that upper Midwest in the Ohio area or Indiana, and that with you in Southern California, it feels like you're touching a lot of bases and some nice spots for recruiting because on here it's just a, a little different. I know that volleyball in Southern California, especially on the men's side, is an extremely popular sport. What are some differences that you've seen just from the state of California with volleyball compared to Kansas or Oklahoma or Nebraska that you've seen since you've been here? Uh, you know what I have to say? Uh, I mean, we got beach volleyball out there, so guys and girls are allowed to get a lot of touches throughout the year. Beach um, volleyball isn't quite as fun here in December. <laughs> uh, I can imagine not, no, uh, with all the snow and the how cold it gets. So uh, I think it's just, you know, the ability to get touches and reps, um, you go year-round, um, doing different things, getting different conditioning styles, and all that helps you out in uh, developing this game of volleyball. Well, one thing that we've talked about with Coach Cahill is that it felt like your team for a couple of weeks there really had a lot of confidence rolling. You had a couple of big wins up at Atchison to beat Benedictine as well as Grandview. What do you need to do to get some of that confidence back with this team coming up through the next couple of games in conference play? Uh, you know, we just got to have some focus, hard work. Um, just keep going out, repping it out in practices. Uh, just getting that 1% better every day at least, you know. So it just adds up to our next game, next game, and we just keep improving. So I think that's it. Well, the next matches that you have coming up, number one, you have one that is tonight, which as we are taping this is Tuesday night. So it will be tomorrow whenever this airs. And then you guys will be at Friends on Saturday, last night at home against Southwestern. So we won't know a result on that. But what are you guys excited for and looking forward to with Southwestern last night? Southwestern, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've done some scouting on them. Uh, they got some good middles coming in that's going to bang the ball. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good match. So I'm just excited to compete with them. So We're excited as we keep things going here on our coaches show. Coach Ayashi, thanks for stopping with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Thank you, Coach. Thank you.
Continuing with our McPherson College Coaches Show and another assistant coach that we have stopping with us today, women's soccer coach Francis Fimwa. We had Coach Hayashi on a minute ago on the volleyball side. Are all the assistant coaches, are you guys all pretty interlinked? Do you guys all get to hang out with each other a lot? Yes. Uh, now that we have our own offices, uh, we, we talk a lot and we hang out after. So it's pretty cool to have our own office and just talk to each other and hang out after. So. Well, all the assistant coaches in the GAs, you got to stick together. Yes, yes. Talk well, about your uh, day-to-day duties. Uh, like, uh, do you help prepare practices? Do you recruit? What are some of the things that uh, your is your your job description? Uh, I help with the day-to-day. We uh, put in sessions together, um, recruiting, making sure the the team has everything they need for the for the next day, practices, games, and everything like that. Well, tell me a little bit about your background with soccer and where you started playing, some of your youth soccer, what you enjoyed about college, if, if you played in college. Tell me a little bit about your background there. Uh, originally from uh, Ghana, West Africa. I uh, started playing when I was very young. Um, moved here when I was about 13. Went to high school, played high school soccer, club soccer in Houston, so that was pretty good. Uh, went to uh, junior college in Alabama and Chicago, played a, a year at each school, and uh, transferred here. Unfortunately, I couldn't play here because of issues with NAIA, but uh, Doug was able to bring put me on the staff for the men's side, and uh, I was able to help from there. So, How have you liked the transition over to the women's side? I know that that happens a lot with sports like soccer, sports like volleyball, that there are some guys that will make the jump over to the women's side. What are some of the things you like about coaching on the women's side and maybe some of the differences between men and women? Uh, I, I like a lot of things about, you know, the women's side. Uh, the girls are, you know, willing to learn. Uh, they're willing to listen and, and always asking for advice. And um, I just love that part of it. Um, that's That's mainly it, yeah. Since you've gotten into conference play, you guys have played two two games, and it's you haven't won, but you haven't lost. It's been two ties. Uh, obviously, defensively, you guys have really starting to play well. Yes, uh, two ties on the road, and I would take those ties over a loss any day. Uh, two good teams that we've played, and um, just defensively, we've been very, very competitive. And the girls are working hard on both both ends of the field. And Southwestern, the team you tied with, I believe it was last week, uh, they had been one of the highest scoring teams in the KCAC, and you did not allow a goal because both uh, of your ties have been 0-0 ties. But, but Southwestern came in with a reputation of putting a lot of goals in that. What did you do to slow down their attack? Uh, just basically stopping the, the wing, wingers from coming in and taking a shot. Um, we had a very detailed game plan. And our, our girls followed it every 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 game plan that we've put together so far. So. Well, one thing that I found interesting as I was looking through the numbers is I said, okay, well, they're 0-5-2 through seven games, but you've only given up 14 goals. Last year at this point, you had given up more than two times that. You had given up 29 goals. What's the difference defensively from last year to this year? I think the, uh, the big difference from last year to this year is what uh, head coach, uh, Coach Olsen, has put together from the beginning of the season. Uh, he's, he brought everyone in together, and everyone learned from the beginning how we, he wants us to play and how he wants the team to play. So everyone is on board and is doing exactly what, what Coach Olsen has put together. I know you guys are excited to get back home this week as you will be at home to take on friends tonight and then at home to take on Ottawa on Saturday. 
What can you give us for a scouting report on those two teams and what to expect with them this week? Uh, this, uh, the game against France is going to be a tough game. Who are the tougher opponent will win the game on, on Wednesday. And with Saturday, it can be a, it's an even game. And we're going for both wins. Well, Coach Femoa, congrats on getting this season going. And we're looking for win number one coming up this week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Her assistant coach, Kent Freund. And we have had a, several assistant coaches on today. And we've asked them how the life is being an assistant coach or even some of the GAs and how everybody sticks together. Who's your favorite assistant coach on staff? Ooh. This is going to stir up some controversy. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> going to be a tough one. Um, I, I feel like I, ha I have to say uh, Daniel Hayashi, the, uh, the women's volleyball assistant. Uh, he's my roommate uh, currently, so... I feel like uh, he might have some strong words for me if I uh, yeah, you gotta if, pick I, him. If, I, if I don't choose him. Um, so I would I would I would have to say honestly I, I've enjoyed everybody that I've met so far here at McPherson, um, whether it's Francis, uh, whether it's Daniel, whether it's Amanda the softball assistant, uh, Cree the basketball assistant. Everybody that I've met so far is is uh, super friendly, super fun to work with. Um, they all have uh, different personalities, um, but they are they're good people to be around. Well, unlike some of the other assistant coaches and other coaches here on staff, I know about your path to getting here to McPherson because you and I were both at Baker at the same time, and yes. you were coaching with Coach Nate Hauser on, on the soccer side for the Wildcats. Mm -hmm. So how have you liked your adjustment going from Baker and Baldwin City here to McPherson? Um, it has been a whirlwind the past, uh, past two, two and a half months. Um, joined on pretty late in July. Um, but it's it's been it's been amazing so far. Um, I've definitely been tasked with uh, with some different responsibilities um, from what I was doing at Baker University, more on the the goalkeeping side of things, um, and I've just kind of been able to dive into um, what it takes to run a program, what it what it feels like um, to uh, be able to have input and say, um, and it's it's been fantastic. It's everything I've wanted. You're really going to start to get into the heart of the schedule now. You're in conference play. Uh, the Bulldogs, uh, tough loss, I believe, in their uh, last game. One and one in the KCAC. What do you feel like you guys need to do moving forward to start to make a run so you can get yourself into playoff position? Um, we, we've, we've done well defensively uh, throughout the year, um, especially start of conference play. I, I believe that we've limited both teams to a total of eight shots. Um, from two games, which, I mean, four shots a game is, is fantastic. Um, we've got to be a little bit more dynamic moving forward. Um, we've got to be willing to make runs in behind. We've got to be willing to stretch defenses, and we've got to be willing to shoot the ball. Um, right now, we're just not getting enough of that. We're not having somebody that's going to take a hold of the game and say, I, I'm going to score. I'm going to be the guy that, that, that stretches this. I'm going to be the guy that makes the difference. Um, and I think that's where we're, where we're trying to find. Um, we've got a ton of fantastic attacking players, but everybody wants to kind of pass off the responsibility a little bit. And that's, that's where we're trying to find the guy right now, um, trying to find the guy that makes the difference. Well, with you being at Baker for the time that you were, there were some really good men's soccer teams in that conference. Baker was a top 10 team most of the time you were there. You throw in a school like Missouri Valley, who was really good. You throw in a school like Central Methodist, who is still really good right now. Mm -hmm. 
How has it been adjusting to a new conference, learning about new opponents? I'm sure you saw a few of these teams on the schedule. I know you guys played Ottawa a yep. decent amount. How has it been adjusting to a new conference and trying to learn each team's new ways that they play? Um, it's It's been interesting. Um, it is a little bit different. I mean, I, I was coming from a conference that at any given time would have five, six top 25 schools. Um, so I, 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 nothing to take away from the KCAC because there is a lot of teams that are getting better, a lot of teams that are improving. Um, so just making sure, the big thing is, is making sure that we are ready to play. We should be focused on what we can do, what we're doing, um, more than anything that we're focused on with other teams. Um, but uh, for me, I, I think the work rate that these teams have showed, the physicality that these teams have showed is, is very comparable um, to what I've been a part of whenever I was in the heart. Um, but I, I, I think there is a little bit of a difference just because we don't have quite as many top 25 teams or we're not maybe getting the respect um, that the voters um, are showing us. But I think there's a ton of good teams in this conference. And I think uh, at any given moment, like we saw on Saturday, if you don't come and play, you're, you're going to get beat. Well, um, big time challenge coming up for the Bulldogs this week. Yes, yes. Talk about your opponent. Um, so friends, um, they throw numbers forward. They are going to attack, and they are going to attack some more. Um, they don't play a really traditional uh, formation. Uh, it's it's somewhat of a 3-2-3-2, three, two, three, two, so a 3-5-2. Um, but at any given moment, they'll have eight players in the attacking half. Um, and they want to they want to put it on you. They and they've been one of the best teams in the conference in the early going so far. Yes. Um, so they've picked up some good results. Um, they had a draw recently with Kansas Wesleyan, who's usually always predominantly in the top top two, top three of the conference. Um, so I've I've been watching a, a ton of that film. Um, but they work extremely hard, and they're going to make it difficult. Um, there's no doubt about that. Well, Coach Freund, best of luck this week. Not only the friends game tonight. Wednesday, but also the Ottawa game coming up on Saturday. Two chances to come see the Bulldogs at home. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. We continue on our McPherson College Coaches Show here tonight as we're joined by cross-country coach Kendrick Clay. And as you and I were just discussing off the air, it sounded like a really good week for your cross-country team at the Tabor Classic. You guys actually ended up running it in Newton instead of Hillsboro, but it sounded like the Bulldogs, everybody had a pretty good weekend. Yeah, um, much improved over the prior week and, and really the entire season. Uh, we really, uh, coaches, we challenged the kids. We know that they were much more capable than what they were showing. And uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a few kids that had lifetime personal bests, which you typically don't see at this point in the year, and uh, some season bests, and we, we narrowed some gaps. So we trended in the right direction. Well, two of them I know that really stood out and two that had those personal lifetime bests. Ariana Archuleta, she was fourth on the women's side. Jaden Fleming, he was fourth on the men's side. Those two, it sounded like, are, are peaking at a good time right now. Yeah, and, and we're just now starting to load um, at, at a level that I would say is appropriate. We weren't ready to load in terms of our training schedule. Um, so uh, those kids, we, we, we kind of started that last week, and they responded when we really – up the intensity and, and volume a little bit. So it was good to see. Now that the season's kind of moving along, uh, you're seeing results of other teams. Where are the Bulldogs kind of sitting in the KCAC when uh, the conference championships roll around? 
Uh, well, you can kind of see where we're stacking up with with programs like Southwestern and we, the kid, you know, teams that we've run against regularly. Um, we we close some gaps there with with some of those upper third to upper half teams on the men's side. Uh, however, we're going to have to continue to shift that those top five six runners up. You know, logic tells you that if you're finishing with your top five runners in the top half of a field, you've got a chance to be right there at the 50th percentile, smack dab in the middle of the league. There's that potential on the men's side. On the women's side, even with three of our top five women showing marked improvement, we still have the same 1-5 gap that we've had all season. And, and you're kind of still seeing that negation of progress when you're 4-5 or just too far back. The points add up. So the women are largely probably unchanged. Um, we're probably in, right now looking in, in, towards the bottom third of the league unless something changes. The potential is still there. We're still capable of being mid-pack. Um, Ariana's running up, obviously, far up into those the field. Uh, Leanne is has given chase and, and ran more aggressively um, the last two weeks. And, and Georgia Hitchcock, for a freshman, has run very consistent and has um, been very competitive. Uh, we've been up and down with our other runners. So we need to try and shift those those gals further up to get it. Are, are, get, are you getting healthier? Because I know early in the year that was kind of your concern was the health of the team. Yeah, we've gotten some good news in a couple of cases. and Kids are going to be banged up. Um, part of that comes from um, what has occurred over the course of the summer and not being ready to go and not doing everything you need to do. And that we've been working on that culture um, and establishing those expectations. But we are getting healthier. Um, we, we do have that potential. I, I'm real. I mean, I know what I want to do in terms of our training schedule for the next month. But I'm going to definitely watch very closely how they respond um, with training before I, you know plan say the next week out because it is very touch and go um volume is paramount though um it, it's really simple if we just increase how much we're running each week we have a heightened chance to run faster it's really that simple i know i i would understand how a basketball summer training would go in the off season i know how football works but for cross country it's obviously run mm -hmm. but what kind of volume and intensity are you having these athletes run during the summer or do they you want them to have a little bit of time off to be able to recover for the fall how far back do you go into the summer where you want them to be running on a daily basis and and training at a high level yeah you certainly it, people all have different starting points in terms of their raw ability um, and I'm going to bore you with a little bit of science but it Good. takes it takes eight to twelve weeks uh, to take to improve your aerobic capacity anywhere from, you know, 5 to 20%. Obviously, younger runners are going to improve more quickly. Um, those that are more experienced and have more miles in, say, like a Jesse Freeman last, you know, that improvement's going to be much smaller. Um, consistency is key. And what we found with training theory is, is it has to be consistent and it has to be done over long periods of time. So um, really what you see in some high school settings where kids are running a couple months and then they're in basketball or wrestling and then they do track for a couple months or then they play baseball is they're running a lot on raw ability because they don't run consistently enough over the course of the year to really meet their potential, which is fine because they're young athletes. And, and coaches like me want athletes that have been involved in multiple sports. But uh, we really um, need our kids running um, 
the men, you have to get to a point where your men between June, July, um, you know, even if you say late May when they get out of school, June, July, and uh, through August, an, an athlete needs to be um, at 500 miles or above. And women, probably above 350, 400 miles, at least. Um, when you look at what St. Mary's is doing, they probably have athletes running six, 700 miles in those three months. That sounds wow. like what you and I do. In the yeah, summer. typically. Yeah. They're yeah. putting in more miles than some people do in their cars. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so... Well, I'm glad that we have a science lesson now. Yeah, well, it makes sorry me to bore you with that smarter. science. No, um, I think I think I just got smarter. It, mileage <laughs> is paramount, and then you, you implement some some things that are about 85 percent of of roughly what their race pace is. Uh, tempo runs. Um, it's high end of aerobic development, and then of course you're doing at or faster than race pace intervals of varying distances. That's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. Um, right now we're at a point where it's it's very simple and a lot of repetition where they, they, they get that immediate feedback and they know where they stand. Well, you guys won't be competing this week, so we can let you go and let you off the hook for today. I appreciate it. <laughs> Continuing on our McPherson College Coaches Show, we now, for the first time this fall, have tennis coach Rafa Bolness. As it has been a busy tennis for the Bulldog team and for both teams. And the weird thing, I, it's sort of like golf that tennis is an interesting sport at the college level because you do have a fall season, but it's not at the same level as the spring season, but you're still competing, and then you still go over the winter. How has this fall been so far for the Bulldogs? Um, it's been a very good fall, I would say. We've had a lot of uh, new players. We had six new freshmen on the men's side. We have five freshmen on the women's side, and, and then the sophomore transfer. So um, it's been a new season, new dynamics. Overall, the level of play has been very good. And um, like you said, the fall is more individualized. And uh, when we go into the spring, it will be more uh, united uh, as a team. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how our fall wins so far. And yep. you've had some very good results lately. Uh, you've played a couple uh, tournaments. Talk about those tournaments so far. So the first tournament uh, was um, an open in invitational tournament, and we had a lot of Division Two teams show up. Uh, Oklahoma Baptist was there, Emporia State. Uh, also junior colleges with uh, Cowley College um, and um, um, Bar and Community College was uh, there and some KCAC schools. We did really well there. Um, after that, we had uh, KCAC individual uh, tournament that was just with the KCAC schools. And how that works is all the number ones go in one bracket. All the number twos go in one bracket. And on the women's side, um, out of the nine brackets, so six, six singles and three doubles, uh, we got in nine finals, and we won eight of them. And, and the one that we didn't win, we got second. Well, what has to excite you on the women's side, last year you did not have a full team. Correct. And now you've taken over. And you were kind of on the ground floor. McPherson College was a tennis power for a long time. Then it kind of fell off a little bit. And, and kind of when you got here, uh, it really turned around. And now McPherson College has basically come – the gold standard program in the KCAC, but the women's team last year almost, uh, you know, they had a really great year for only having, I believe, four women on the team. You had to forfeit some points, but obviously one of your goals when you took over was to get the numbers built back up for the women. It looks like you've done that. Yeah, it was uh, the main goal for me last year was to try and find enough ladies to fill up the roster, and I've been uh, very blessed and uh, and and lucky that every um, person has committed to our program and has done very successful um, I I, um, I cannot say uh, enough about the new recruits on the ladies and men's side about what they've done so far 
and I think uh, the future looks very bright on, on both sides. Well, another thing that's very interesting about McPherson College tennis, and this is probably different than a lot of other towns in the KCAC, McPherson is a tennis town. I mean, you drive around this town and you see tennis courts all over the place. I know the courts at Wall Park were just acclaimed by the USTA at the U.S. Open as one of the top courts in the country. So when you have some resources like that, let's say, oh, well, we've got some stuff going on at our home courts. Oh, we'll just go over to the high school to their stellar setup. It's got to be nice to be in a town like this with so many great tennis facilities. Correct. When I... um graduated from here I always want to go back into coaching and I got my master's degree and um, when I got a call uh, from uh, Andrew Ealing uh, with this opportunity I knew that I was going to walk into a town and a college that is uh, all surrounded by uh, by tennis uh, people that want to get better that want to put time into it and so um, I, I just feel very blessed to be here and I knew coming into this that yes McPherson is a tennis town and that's why um we're being so successful because of the people behind the scenes and what they do and and uh, we're we're really moving forward so and one thing about tennis i I found intriguing you've got a mix of uh, american and international players talk about recruiting internationally how you go about that i know it's a lot of internet stuff and and you and you have contacts uh over in the uh, other countries but talk about that um it, it is a different dynamic you uh first talk to agents and uh, they will come up with some players and say, hey, this, this guy is looking or this lady is looking. And um, often the first thing that you uh, talk about is actually the price, like what scholarshiping, you know, what is it the cost going to be? And when you find a couple kids that fit that price range, then you get to contact the kid. So it's a completely different mindset here with the uh, United States citizens. You know, you get them on campus, they get a tour, you know, they apply and then, you kind of look at, oh, I have this offer, this offer, this offer. With the international students, it's like, okay, the offer is here. All right, now let's see if I like the, co- like the coach, like the college, mm-hmm. and that's how you move forward. So it's and one thing that's got to help you guys as far as international players, the success you've enjoyed, because you're on about a six-year run right now where McPherson College, you know, uh, it's got to be appealing to say, hey, we've been going to nationals every year. Uh, as soon as our season's over, we're heading down on a trip to see the best teams in the country. That has got to be a great selling point. Yep, it, it is definitely um, one of the main selling points I have. Uh, yeah, you know, the secret is out. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, that's definitely something that, uh, that we, we are very proud of, and uh, we want to continue that legacy of going to nationals for and, sure. And for those who don't know, Rafa is one of the all-time best players in the history of this program and the KCAC, so uh, you've brought a lot of prestige to the program. Well, yeah, I, I was a pretty decent player, but I, I would like to just always credit the, the coaches and uh, the people around me, the, the coach that recruited me. Uh, Craig Holman has been there for my, uh, for my whole tennis career here, and now he's a great mentor for me. Um, with inside and, and, and just uh, advice. Well, so. I know you guys have a big tournament coming up in Rome, Georgia, as you'll be playing in the Oracle Cup. Tell us a little bit about that event, which I think is in two weeks. So what happens, um, they just expanded the singles draw, but every region, uh, the winner gets to go to Rome, Georgia. And so there's seven regional winners, and in singles, they are expanding the draw to 16. So there will be... Um, nine at large bids uh, but in doubles uh, there's still eight and so there's only one at large bid and so 
those teams will be competing for an individual national title. And then at that same place at the same time, um, Division Two is there, Division Three, and Junior College is there. And so it's a really, really cool event. And the winner of that will get an automatic bid into the Division One National Championship. Wow. So it's a, it's a very cool um, individual tournament. And uh, we also have had the pleasure on the men's side that we've won the doubles uh, regional champion the last six years. And uh, Brittany Zift has now won it twice in singles and doubles uh, with her partner, Erica Paradise. And so um, even there, we're, we're trying to build a legacy of we want to make sure we're the top in the region every year. So Well, the good thing is you can find all this information at MacBulldogs.com because your sports information director happens to really like tennis. And so I think he's always going to promote the stuff that you guys <laughs> right, do. Right, right. But no, Rafa, I agree. Rafa, we appreciate the time today, and best of luck the rest of this fall. Well, thank you guys for, for having me. I really appreciate that. Thank, thank, you, thank you, guys. You thank you. We're now wrapping up our McPherson College Coaches Show. Steve, another fun show. A little different this week in terms of having the assistant coaches and only one athlete, but still a very fun show, and we're glad to keep this thing rolling. Oh, yeah, and, you know, uh, McPherson College right now, athletics uh, is, has never been better. Uh, a lot of interest from the community. Uh, and what I really like is the camaraderie of the, camaraderie of the kids. It seems like the kids all get along so great. The coaches get along well with their players. And uh, it's, it's going to make for a very successful fall by the time it's over. Well, we record this here in the foyer of the sports center, and there's always people walking in and out, and everybody is, appears to be friends with each other. I don't know if they are, but everybody <laughs> appears to be friends. It's a fun group to be around in here, even though it's kind of loud and door, doors are opening and shutting and squeaking. But it's a fun group to be around over here. And now that we're about to get some of these winter sports going here in a couple of weeks, I know they're practicing, but things are about to get really busy over here on the east side of town. Yeah, they really are. You know, the basketball season kind of overlaps with the fall. With It just seems like basketball starts earlier and earlier. And uh, we're going to be very busy on this coaches show. We will have no shortage of coaches or student athletes. We will wrap up our coaches show for Steve Sell. I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show. You can listen to the show at our podcast page at soundcloud.com slash KBBE Sports or watch the video of all the interviews at macbulldogs.com.